Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, motherfuckers. <laughs> Little fuckers, big fuckers, medium fuckers, fuckers of all, all shades of fuck. <laughs> Fucky, fuck you, fuck off. Fuck Are you doing okay. vowels? Fuck off. I was Fuck-y. trying. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck off. Fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, and sometimes why? Fuck you. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Welcome back to Don't Blame Me, starring Melissa Diamond Mons, who has been 
affirmed as the true diamond. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll introduce myself. My name is Megan Ranks. Hello. But we need to get back to you being the diamond. Please share with the class what you did this past weekend. So on Friday, I went to the Queen's Ball. For those of you that don't watch Bridgerton, you may not be aware of what this is, but for a promotion for the new season of Bridgerton and Shondaland and Netflix through this event that people could go to. And it was a fully immersive event. So me and my cousin went, we got dressed up, you know, to party like it was the 1800s and we were in VIP. So we got to go in earlier than everyone else. We go in and there's like this arch of flowers and cocktails, but you know where I am on drinking cocktails and also people there that are very much in character that kind of guide you through the evening. So we were first in the cocktail area, then they made this big announcement and then they opened up another room. And then in this other room, there was easel set up where you took like digital pictures and then also a throne for the queen. So we got our digital pictures taken and then the commoners started coming in, um, which that fits with the time. So yeah. uh, the commoners started coming in and then they made another announcement that the queen was coming. So then, well, it wasn't the queen from the show, but the person narrating the thing said the queen sent one of her closest something. So then the woman comes in stunning the person that was playing the queen stunning then they like you're supposed to everyone's supposed to like take turns curtsying like they do on bridgerton so where she picks like introduction to who the diamond will be and so me and my cousin were just like we're not participating in this so we were just staying off to the side (laughs) the line was long as hell but then one of the attendants came up to us and he was like hello um because they were talking in british accents and he said um would you like to meet the queen? And we were like, we're good. And he was like, but you don't have to wait in this line. You get to go first. And we were like, oh, okay then. (laughs) (laughs) So he takes us both. He was very, he was very good. I wrote in my comments that they need to give him a raise, but he took us by the arm and we went up and did our little curtsy for the queen. And then they had like a little dance where they were teaching people to dance. And then they opened up another room and it was this big ballroom where the video that I posted, you saw like people dancing on the chandelier and stuff. So they've got this big ballroom with this big dance floor and we like went to our seats and looked upon the commenters. Um, and then there's like five or six queer, very erotic, I have to say, choreographed dances where they were the story they were telling was that they were fucking. Um, <laughs> and they did some more choreographed dances with everyone participating. And then they picked the diamond of the evening. The season? Yeah, the season. Well, for that one was the evening because they had mm. a couple other shows that they were doing. But it's usually in the show, it's diamond of the season. But yeah, that's cool. And it was? I mean, it might have been me. It was you! <laughs> It's just like, it's as if they knew the podcast. Right. And they knew your middle name. Like, Mm -hmm. it just is like, you couldn't have scripted this. Yeah, that was great. Everyone needs to go check out your Instagram to look at the photo. They're so, I immediately like yelped and I was like, (laughs) Mops, look at this. Like, you look so good. First of all, you look like your whole face, the genetics. Like, I'm seeing every single one of your nieces and nephews in your face. Like, (laughs) like, 
your nieces and nephews could do show and tell day and be like, I photoshopped this picture of me here. Like, this is where I went. Like, it's just like the genetics are so strong, but you look so pretty. Like the dress, the look, everything, like the whole vibe. Like, it's just immaculate. It's so good. Everyone go look. I'm truly obsessed with it. And I think that like you should be dressing like that every day now. (laughs) I'll join you. Like, I was like, this is such a vibe. I loved it. Speaking of children looking like me, I'm going to show everyone that's watching. Do you see my niece here? But our hair is the same and we have on the same color. (laughs) The genetics of your family are so fucking strong. It's so funny, though, because they all look just like their dads, but also look like us. You've shown me pictures of all of the the dads and the dads don't look like moms. Yeah. Like that's it's not like everyone. It's not like siblings are dating. Mm hmm. It just it picks up. But I also look like Megan and Melanie call me a shape shifter because just depending on how I'm holding my face, I either look just like my mom or just like my dad. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's impeccable. Uh, I'm obsessed. I just everyone go comment. Go look at the pictures. Go comment. Like I first go follow you. But like the photos are just so fucking good. Yeah. What's going on with you? Great question. Just living life. Just living life. Fancy free. (laughs) Fancy free. I did my um, trial period, knock on wood, of going off my birth control pill for like three days, as my doctor suggested, to try and quote unquote, bleed out my continuous Mm -hmm. spotting that I've had for seven months. And I've been back on my birth control for like two days and I'm not bleeding at all. So... I don't know how long this is going to last, but going off that birth control for just a couple of days reminded me of immediately got, because I had the same as you, I get hormonal like my, induced migraines. So immediately just got the migraine and immediate like the bloating was back. Like everything was just back. And so like as much as I still deal with like symptom endo symptoms like daily, it was a reminder of how much worse it is without birth control. Yeah. Yeah. I just, that one day where it was too late for me to take mine and, you know, I had that migraine, I commend you for doing three whole days because I can't even, I mean, I know at some point I am going to need to go off of it, but like that one day was a struggle. I don't think that people who don't get migraines don't understand how debilitating. Mm -hmm. Like I was telling Mots, I was like, I just need you to not talk. The lights were off. The blackout curtains were there. And I was just like, my eyelids hurt. Mm -hmm. My ears hurt. Like every part of my head is like someone's tapping on it. And Mm -hmm. there's bees buzzing and just there's everything. And it was just so fucking rough. (laughs) And... It's just so, it's just so bad. And like the fact that like hormones induce that. And it's just like, I will also say like, I had been on a couple birth controls before that had made my migraines, my hormonal migraines and just my migraines in general worse. And when I talked to my new OBGYN about like, I want to get on a birth control. This one didn't work for me because it made my migraines way worse. And it was like, she was like, okay, great. So we're going to avoid the ingredient that usually does that is like kit that can do that is this one. So we're not going to do that. We're going to do this, 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 and that. And it's just so interesting to hear about like sometimes the same things that can cause more migraines in this one person, that same exact pill will cause less migraines in another person because Mm -hmm. it's just how your body reacts because like everything has the same goal, but everybody metabolizes it like differently. And so I just thought it was just, uh, I never knew I'd never had a birth control that helped my migraines. 
one made it worse. One didn't make them any better or worse. But this is the first one that has like just yeah. made it so much better. And I am just so much happier. So let's hope the not the bleeding. Mm-hmm. We're going to be solid because, you know, I have a bachelorette party to attend. And if I am bleeding constantly, I literally told Sydney, I was like, if I don't fucking get this bleeding in check, like, I hope, you know, I am bringing around a fucking like bag full of dirty, bloody period underwear with me on a boat trip, like fucking everywhere we're going. Just like, no. So I can like switch them out. Like, and she was like, I mean, I'm here for whatever you need to do. But like, <laughs> I hope you saw. I was like, me fucking do. I'll just be on a boat day with my fucking period underwear. <laughs> I told her if she we have a fucking boat day, I'm like, I will dis own you as a friend one i know that how much you hate boats so i was surprised when you were telling me that but then i was like sydney's your very best friend so you know sometimes you make sacrifices for your friends and as cody from peloton wants to be his goal for the summer is to be a hoe on a boat so you know i saw that if that's what you want then cool a hoe on a boat with bloody underwear I saw a TikTok of this girl who was on a bachelorette party and she was just like being thrashed from side to side of the boat and it was just like barfing everywhere. And I sent it to Sydney and I go, just know you can make the choice. I just want you to be aware of the choice that you're making. If you decide. You need to get the medicine that helps with nausea. Oh, I'll, I do Dramamine. I do C-bands. Like I do all that shit. No, I mean like ask your doctor for the prescription. That's the only thing that has ever worked for me i've needed zofran for years and i've been off of it i haven't been on zofran since i had mono i haven't been on it since i was like 19 and i need to get back on it yeah especially post covid Mm -hmm. the amount of people who like have morning sickness and are pregnant who are like girl just take the zofran (laughs) i'm like you're right you're right you're right you're right yeah this is an advice podcast where you call in you leave us voicemails and we give you wonderful life-changing absolutely amazing advice we give the advice that we'd like to see in the world we give advice like we would to our friends to each other and uh, we're the people you call who are gonna we're gonna give it to you straight sometimes when you reach out to your friends they tell you what you want to hear we're not gonna tell you what you want to hear we're gonna tell you the absolute truth from Mm -hmm. unbiased perspective if you let us know you're sensitive we will keep that in mind if you want to call in, leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. International listeners, you can just send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. Got to keep it under three minutes or you'll be cut off. We strongly force, <laughs> encourage, suggest, require that you write down what you are going to say and then you practice it a few times time it, see if it's under three minutes, make sure you have all the relevant information in there. The more relevant information we have, the better advice we can give you. So make sure you include the ages of everybody. It's all anonymous. Don't include the names. If you've been dating, how long you've been dating, blah, blah, blah. All the things that factor in, that we need to factor in when giving you said advice. And then you can just read it when you record your call. And that will be the absolute best. We promise. We're not just saying it. Everyone who calls in, If they don't do it, then they regret it. And then they call back and they read it. And they're like, I should have done this from the beginning. And you have to be aging or over. Have your parents' permission. Let us know your pronouns. If you want. If you would like to. And what else? Oh, we record this for Patreon, like video versions. If you want to go check that out, it's only a dollar a month. 
And you can see our facial reactions as we react to said calls. We definitely Mm -hmm. are both very expressive. Mm -hmm. We also have live streams that we do twice a month. If you want to check it out for our other Patreon tier and you can support the show that way. We're throwing it out there that we might do something else once a month on Patreon. So if you're interested, let us know. We've talked about it on this podcast, I think, and our other Mm -hmm. podcast. Well, you guys will hear us talk about it on the other podcast. Oh, yeah. That comes out later this week. Yes. We've been debating doing some uh, like an additional kind of thing on there. So let us know if you would like to see that. Let's read a review before we get (gasps) into the episode. So last week we read one from Macklemore. So I'll read the next one in mind. (laughs) This is titled Love This. I love listening to this podcast. They are entertaining and hilarious, yet informative. I share so many views with them and I feel comfortable as a black 17 year old girl to listen and ingest the things they talk about. So sweet. I can't believe 17 year old. Like, wow. I know. Because like we've had 17 year olds in the past listen, but now they're like 25. So it's cool that we're still reaching Gen Z to be in here. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, you know my belief that the generations are far too long. But I, I also, I think that like how cool it would be like when people like tell us that they're like in high school listening to this or something, something like I always am like, damn, if I had like two women talking about like masturbating and like sex, like a love bombing and toxic relation, all of that kind of stuff. Like I would have felt very equipped mm-hmm. in like my relationships with myself and other people, which I think is, I think it's cool. The podcast you wish to see in the world. Right. But then also my niece, oldest niece is 15. And I'm like, don't ever listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a personal aspect yeah, a of personal that aspect too. Of it, that yeah. you're like, yeah. Anytime someone I know is like, oh my God, I listened to this. I'm like, what? I have quite a few friends that listen to this. I have my yeah. cousin, one of my cousins, he started listening. And he was like, I heard some things I never want to hear about you. I will never be listening to this again. I said, no one told you to. And he said, I was trying to be supportive. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Anytime Mats's mom likes like any of the Instagram posts that are like, you can't unsuck a dick. I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm just like, I appreciate the support. But I'm very aware that you just locked and looked at this and you... I think you double tapped it and I think it was out of sheer support, mm-hmm. but now I'm just so aware. I've taken <laughs> down like five TikToks that I've made because I remember that my younger nieces have TikTok oh, and yeah. they very much follow me. And then they're like, why aren't you posting? I was like, well, I did post something, but I forget that the children are here. So I have to take it down. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay. Well, We don't have an update for this episode. If you have an update that you want to give us and you've called in, we've given you advice before, send us an email. Let us know. We can try and organize and schedule it. The problem is there's a lot of people that want to give updates, but they're working or in class at this time, which we have talked about, you know, doing a day of just updates on a weekend, but you're looking at houses now. So that'll work for right now. When I get a house, (laughs) (laughs) then we will be able to do weekend updates. But if you are someone who is able to give us an update and we record Tuesdays afternoon, that's something you're possibly able to do. Let us know. Yeah. Anything else or should we hop in? Let's hop in. Hey, y'all. So I'm a 20-year-old female, pronounced she, her, and I'm calling in because all throughout my life, my mom has been very involved with everything I do and all of my friends. I always told her everything in high school, all that ever entailed was like friend, grandma, and some boys, but never anything very serious. 
My parents have always been very strict and overprotective, with them literally tracking my every move since moving away to college this last year. By putting a tracking app on my phone, tracking my car, and making me text them every time I leave my apartment, who I'm going with, where I'm going, and then back again when I arrive home, even though they live eight hours away, like they could do anything if something happened to me. Since I've gone to college, my mom expects me to call her every single day and continue to tell her everything about my life. But now that I've been having more experiences with boys, drugs, and partying, I don't feel as comfortable talking to her about it. I've told her about the partying and she doesn't really care about that. But whenever I talk about boys, she wants me to go into full, explicit detail of everything. And that just makes me uncomfortable to tell her because I know she would judge me so hard and she would hold my actions or mistakes against me in the future. Her rationale is that if I can't tell her about it, it's probably not something I should be doing. I lied about a lot of things last semester to try to go out and do what I want, but my lies ended up catching up with me and they found out I was lying. I tried to talk to her about taking a step back and taking a bit of distance for me to, for me to live my life away from my helicopter parents, but she wouldn't hear me out and said that because my parents are financially supporting me and they bought me a car that they're entitled to do as they please. I'm a first-generation college student of Mexican parents, and in our culture, it's not normal to move out of your house until you're married, which is what both of my parents did, so they don't understand how my experience compares to that of my peers and why I'd like more space and independence. What should I do, or how should I try to approach her about it again? I still love her and would not want her to be mad at me, but Having them on my ass all the time is really stressful. Am I being an ungrateful little bitch, or is my stress warranted? By the way, big fan of the podcast. I'm a Gemini, and my mom is a Leo. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Oi, this is, I mean, I literally wrote down on here, like, lie, and then you immediately, like, that's, like, really right when you said, like, I lied and I caught up to me. So, like, part of me is, like, let's unpack how it caught up to you, lie better, and like, let's figure that out. But you're living your life very differently than your parents did. And so like, I can't imagine that kind of pressure. And then I also can't imagine that fear on like what your parents have is something that is like such a completely different concept, like something that they did. And I think when we're afraid of something, we tend to like squeeze too tightly. And like, we can really hold on too tightly to things like that. But at the same time, unless you were told right off the bat, like, hey, we're buying you a car the conditions that come along with this car is we're going to be tracking it. Like, unless there was like, you were informed through the whole process and you agreed along to that. I think that's kind of where this really could have been like avoided ahead of time is that it feels like there's a lot of expectations put on you that you didn't sign, you didn't agree to or sign up for. And that is really hard. But I also understand for them if they're like, well, we want to be able to know where you are and we did buy you this car and we feel like this is our like right to do that. I don't agree with it, but I can understand how they feel about it. But are they going to take away your car? Like if you set up these boundaries, what are the consequences that you face with these boundaries? Is it like, are they going to like stop paying for school or like, how much can you exercise your own freedom and independence? And what are the consequences going to be? Because that I think is the biggest, that's what's most important is like what happens. When I went to college, I wouldn't say that my parents, this is more so my mom, they weren't strict, but my mom wanted to know what I was doing all the time. 
where I was going. And also she worked at the university too. So that was an added extra layer. So this might not be the best advice, but this is what I did. And it worked out for me just fine was that I just rebelled against everything and just like said, fuck it and did whatever I wanted to do. And like maybe went a little bit extreme at some parts and I still had, you know, good grades. So they couldn't say anything about that. But, you know, when I was doing all these things and then just being very open about it and didn't hide anything. And then they didn't, it went so far in the extreme that they didn't want to hear about it. So then they pulled back and then I'd say by the end of my freshman year, they didn't care anymore or they just didn't want to hear about it. So you scarred them. I scarred them. So <laughs> that's what I did. Don't know if that's the best advice because this is also with you, this is a cultural difference too. But if you want to use me as a role model and lead by example, I don't know the kind of punishment that they would give you too. And it's a thing of like when you're legally an adult, but then you still have financial strings to your parents, then they can like use that against you. I mean, my parents have bought me a car, but what were they going to do? Drive me around? Like they want to come up here and drive me around couldn't do it. So yeah, what are you going to do? I think if it was me, I think the tracking thing, I think that they're... Thank God that wasn't around when I was in school. I think it's just something along the lines of like, there is a difference between wanting to make sure that your kid is safe. And I think your parents are kind of putting everything under the same, like that whole umbrella, which Mm -hmm. like, I totally understand the fear of like, you want to know when your kids are like, coming and going and all of that, but there's judgment attached to mm-hmm. it. It's like not just about your safety. It's not just about like, oh, you're tracking your car. And we just want to make sure that like, if there's an alert that like something is wrong and like most of the time with those, I don't know what kind of tracking, depending on it is, but a lot of the time, if it's connected through like the actual car, it can know if the car got into a collision and like, they can check to make sure you're okay. They can like call local hospitals. Like there's that aspect of it. Or if like no one can hear from you and like they have that so that, you know, safety wise, but it sounds like it's that, but they're using that as the excuse for a lot of the judgmental thing. Mm -hmm. I think her saying like, if you can't tell me about these, like explicitly tell me these things you are doing with boys, like then you shouldn't be doing them is firstly so false and incorrect where it's like, mom, do you want to tell me about like you deep throating dad's cock? Then maybe you shouldn't be doing it if you don't feel comfortable talking to me. Like, it's just, that's not realistic at all. And that kind of hovering and need for like control and input on someone's life, like that just causes you to be secretive and then not safe. And that's Mm -hmm. something that like I was secretive and therefore unsafe about things I did because I would have gotten in trouble. And so I think that like, I think honestly, what Melissa, like I think you are on the right track of being like, okay, you want me to be honest? But if there is a part of you, which I think is completely valid, that will internalize any hateful things that they say, I would not say what you're doing. I would make something else up that you're doing, but that's not like goody two shoes buttoned up. That's not nothing. Mm -hmm. Like make up what you're doing and change the story. So it's not, you don't feel like a personal judgment on the actions that you've done. Just pick like the same level that they would react to, but it's just slightly, it's just different. Yeah. Try and separate it from being about you Mm -hmm. and like your actual actions and then tire them out that way. Because- Imagine like, does your mom want you to be like, yeah, so then I was having sex with this guy named Jared. Here is his Facebook. I was writing his cock. I would say like diameter wise, like, but like 
what do you want to know? Mm-hmm. Like, because I think that maybe part of the thing that she might be doing is like instilling a fear in you of having to tell her so you won't do any of those things. Right. But let's say you just do those things and then you do tell her, I don't think she actually wants that. Like, I mm-hmm. think she's just kind of operating on that. I'm trying to scare you away. I'm trying to like scare you and deter you from doing this. Like, this is an empty thing that I'm saying that I want you to come tell me all of this. I want you to have the fear so you don't actually do it. And then you actually do it. She might eat her own words. Yeah. And if not, I do think that like, if you can go see, talk to like a therapist, whether that's at school or not, just to, like kind of talk about boundary setting with people who you are financially dependent on. I think that a lot of the time when we talk about setting boundaries and stuff, and like I will explicitly say like, I did not set those boundaries with people in my life until well after I could financially support myself. And so I think a lot of the time when we hear about that, it's from the perspective of people who have the luxury of being able to be really stern with their boundaries with people. And that's sad. Like, I don't think boundaries should be a luxury, but they can be. So I think if you can talk to a therapist who can really give you specific insight into doing that when you're younger, I guess I also wonder what happens if you said before that you wanted, you told her you wanted to like take some space and distance because this was a lot for you. And she said, no, what happens if you would take that space? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's also, I think, a fair thing to do. But yeah, this is hard. This is like a <laughs> you're having to like essentially write a fanfic script of your life to like tell her you this know, is something blah, blah, blah. Try things out. See what works. See what doesn't work. Yeah. I had a lot of fun re- rebelling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> OK, well, best of luck. That's fucking rough. Next one. Hello, Megan and Melissa. I am 20 years old. I use he, him pronouns. I am calling today about some advice about a boy that I have recently met on a dating app. We can call him Alex. He is 23 with he, him pronouns. We are both gay and both recently moved to the same bigger city. Being gay and finding someone around your age with similar values and morals and a mutual attraction can be really difficult. So I have started to develop feelings for this person. We have hung out almost every day. We stay up all night. We go out and practically do everything that would be leading up to sex. With that, you have taught me that everything should be taken at face value. It has been made very clear to me that Alex has recently gone out of a long-term relationship and isn't looking for anything serious. I totally get that and wouldn't want to be a rebound. He expresses that he loves being my friend and wants to continue to hang out. So, obviously, last night while we were hanging out, I told him that if we continue to be physical while we are together, I will develop feelings for him and that truthfully, I already have. He completely understood and wants me wants to give me the space that I need. My only issue with the entire conversation was that he told me that if this had happened six months later, we could try this seriously. He has the exact same feelings that I do for him, and he's just not ready. Truthfully, I felt like I was just being led on with that statement. I told him that that wasn't fair to say. I also told him that I don't usually make out, hold hands, and constantly shower my friends with sexual compliments. He apologized. We haven't spoken in a few days, and we have made it very clear that I will be the one to reach out if and when I want to. With all of that, I truly don't want to lose Alex as a friend. Um, I can't imagine not being in contact with him. Can I realistically hang out with him as a friend and remove all sexual activity? How long should I wait to reach out or should I just completely give up and move on? Thank you guys so much. Love the podcast. Okay, bye. 
I feel I I'm ah I feel like we've all been in the I just oh I feel I would be so we're in this with you like I'm so annoyed for you <sighs> my advice is so toxic I'll start though. okay good so here's my advice you like him you've made that obvious that you like him but there was one thing that you said it was like in the area that you're in it's hard to find somebody with the same values around the same age as you and so it feels like that maybe you like him because he's there (laughs) and a proximity crush because he's the only other person that's there that fits those criteria that you want in a partner and so I know you said you can't imagine your life without him or him being a part of your life Again, I think that's because he's there. And if you cut him out, then you'll realize how much, especially because no one can put a timeline on when they'll get feelings for someone. So that's just a bullshit cop out. And I think that you want to get over him, like liking him in that kind of way. And I think the only way you can do that is if you cut off contact with him. And I think once you cut off contact, you'll realize that he was never that great to begin with. It was just that because he was there. I think that's great advice. I think that you have never been friends. Yeah. And it's not just a matter of like, you've had feelings. It's like you're holding hands, like you're giving sexual compliments. Like the whole thing has been leading up to something that he has said from the beginning. Like I again, like, yes, take things at face value, but that's not on you to hear what he's saying and taking it at face value. It's impossible for like, there's of course you've developed feelings like his words are not matching his actions, but the result of that is like, I just explicitly, you've never been friends because like your friendship has been based on a flirtation ship. Like that's what it's been. Like that's how you've built this whole thing. And so I understand you like wanting to remain friends, but you don't know how to be friends and you haven't been friends Mm -hmm. with him. And so I think you have two options. One option one is this is the end of what this has been. And so that's either like, you're going to have to be okay with the fact that like, are you able to remain friends and know that like, he's going to go and date someone else? Like, are you going to be cool hanging out with like his significant other? Like, are you going to be cool introducing someone that you date? Like, how are you going to feel hearing about when he goes out with people? Because if you're setting boundaries with your friends that like, I don't want to hear about the people that you're going out and dating, that's setting a boundary that you do with like an ex or, Mm -hmm. and someone you probably shouldn't be friends with if they're an ex because there's clearly feelings still there. So like, you have to then just become friend friends. And that means like those relationship or like boundaries that revolve things that are more than friendship, they can't really be there. Or you don't remain friends, quote unquote, or like don't start a friendship and you just like fully walk away exactly like Melissa's saying and you realize that like, okay, this might've been a proximity thing and like this felt too good to be true and it's because it, you know, it, it, this was a crush and it wasn't really friendship and you're going to meet other people or, <laughs> sounds so bad. I think whatever way you cut it, you're going to end, there's a large percentage chance that you end up like having your heart broken because like you really like have feelings for him currently and currently nothing's going to like explicitly change that or you remain friends with him and you see if he's right on his word at six months Mm -hmm. and that's just delaying putting that potential inevitable heartbreak off for x amount of time 
that is a line because you're right. Like no, when you say you don't know how you're going to feel in six months, like you don't know what that's going to be like. And he's also freshly out of a relationship too. Yeah. I think if you have remain, if you decide to remain friends and in his life, whether or not you're consciously doing it, I think you're going to be waiting for those, that six months like event to arrive. I'm not going to judge you if you decide you want to do that. Like sometimes like we, <laughs> sometimes like, we need other people to hurt our feelings and we don't want to do it ourselves. Like sometimes I would rather hurt my own feelings and anticipate it and pull myself out of it and just be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to walk away from the situation. I'm going to ha- take the onus on that because I would rather hurt my feelings and have somebody else hurt my feelings. Like sometimes I want someone else to hurt my feelings and I want to hold out hope. I, I want to not necessarily be rational. I don't, I want to just kind of, I want that 1% chance and I'm w- ready and anticipating that it might not go well. And I think that like both of those things are fine and fine options. And they're options that we, we, and choices that we've all made at some point in our life. And I think it's just a matter of what one can you live with? Mm -hmm. What pain, what heartbreak can you live with? Can you live with the heartbreak right now and walking away now? Or would you rather live with it in six months? So I think only you know that answer but as much as like you can say that you're like, oh, I, I really prescribe to your mentality of like taking what people say at face value. And as somebody who does that, like that, it's a really it's a strong conviction and mentality that I have. But that doesn't mean that I always listen to it. That doesn't mean that sometimes I don't just be like, but on the off chance, I'm going to hold out and do blah, blah, blah. And I sometimes regret it. But it's just what's your toxic advice? No, that's my toxic advice is waiting out. Oh, and- I don't even think that's toxic. I think because sometimes, like you said, sometimes people need to have their feelings hurt by somebody else or you're just that optimistic and then people show their true colors and you realize you have to learn lessons from things to be able to move on. Yeah. And as much as like we sit here and we give advice, and we talk about this and I say things that I take, pe- I take what people say at face value. That is my brain and not to be cheesy, but like sometimes the heart wins, sometimes Mm -hmm. the fucking vagina wins. Like sometimes like I can rationally think something, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to act with my rational thoughts. Yeah. And we can try and like avoid hurt and pain as much as possible. But this is one of the situations where it's gonna, it's gonna come. It just a matter at what form it's gonna come and what timeline. And that is that choice of yours to make. But you can also always dip out and like try being friends, quote unquote friends for what it is. But you can also try remaining friends the same way physically that you are now and wonder if in six months, it's just going to change into a relationship. But you just have to know your own feelings and what the threshold that you can handle of that is. Because you're the only one who it sounds fucked up, but in truly, you are the only one who's ever going to care about your, who's going to care about your feelings as much mm-hmm. as you do. No one else is ever going to care as much as you. And that's universal. All of us. Yeah. But fuck, I would be so annoyed if I was you. I hate when people say this shit. But I had met you six months later. And you're like, you fucker. Yeah. All right. We're into Dude. a break. We will be back. Thank you. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood-rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time, and I just got my... I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, 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 a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function there, it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious. Like it's, it's so good. I've even like had it on like ice and been like I'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and and it's it's delicious it's so good and I just I love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like you know medically need some electrolytes but also if you're working out if you're sweating hot summer day you're going to an amusement park you're on your feet for a long period of time all of that um most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need yeah I drink mine specifically when I am working out it's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I... 
love the chocolate bliss, the vanilla cream, the caramel sundae. I have all three of those flavors. Sometimes I mix and match them. Sometimes I'll use it when I'm baking or I'll just drink it straight. And it is, they're so good. They have a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that makes it so delicious. You can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code Blame Me right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective 
Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. And we're back from our break. Wow, what a great break. Did you have a good time? Your eyes are creepy. I didn't even (laughs) blink during the break. Oh, no, she didn't. She never blinks. She just immerses herself into amniotic fluid and then arises. That's why she needs eye drops all the time. (laughs) She never blinks. (laughs) Okay, on to the next. Hi, Melissa and Megan. I decided to switch it up. I love both of the podcasts and everything you guys do so much. My dilemma today involves me, she, her pronouns, my boyfriend, he, him pronouns, and our longtime best friend, he, him pronouns. I'm going to call him guy friend from here and out because I can't think of anything else that I say. Everyone in this story is 21 or 22. I'm working and the two other guys are still in college. We've all known each other for a long time. My guy friend and I are family friends for about 12 years. My boyfriend has known him for eight years. And then my boyfriend and I met five years ago and started dating three years ago. We all swam together all throughout high school. So we spent every day together and we're very close. Since we went to college, my boyfriend and I have remained close to our guy friends independently through our own relationships with him and through group friendships. Sometimes we don't talk for a while, but usually we send text messages in our group chat. And even when we don't talk for a while, we pick up where we left off. About six to nine months ago, I felt this guy friend pull away from me. I brought it up to my boyfriend. He knows the same thing, but we didn't mention it again to each other. Yesterday, my boyfriend told me that he's reached out to our guy friend twice in the past month and one more time this past week with no response from him. He was obviously upset about this and felt sad. I texted our guy friend yesterday, and he responded within a couple hours. We exchanged a couple messages, catching up about life, but I felt weird about it, not knowing if I should tell my boyfriend. So my question now is how do I move forward? I don't know if I should tell my boyfriend because I know he's sad and feeling rejected by this situation. I also feel awkward to keep talking to this guy friend without knowing what's going on with him and my boyfriend. So do I continue this friendship with the guy friend and act like nothing's up? Do I ask about my boyfriend? For some additional info, this guy friend has had two girlfriends in the time he's been in college and is currently in a relationship. I've genuinely never thought that he was into me and we have a real actual brother-sister-like relationship since we've literally known each other for most of our lives. I really think my boyfriend should just send him one more text and be like, what's going on with us? Because personally, that's just what I would do. I'm a little more confrontational than he is. I think he's not going to want to do that because he already feels rejected and doesn't want that solidified. Should I propose this idea to him? Please help. Thank you guys so much. I really, really love you. I hope you're having a great day. Bye. I, I don't, am I crazy for thinking this feels very simple? I think it feels very simple too, but I don't know if our simplicities are the same. What's yours? Mine is... Okay, so your friend, he, you've known him most of your life, which I feel like you need to tell your boyfriend because I don't think you should be lying or withhold, withholding information from your boyfriend because that just sets up a bad trend for later. Like you're okay with keeping 
other relationships away from the other or lying to the other or not telling the whole truth. So I think you need to tell, depending on how important this relationship is with your boyfriend. So someone you see yourself spending the rest of your life with, or is this someone that you're like, eh, I'll break up with them in a couple months. How important is your relationship with your boyfriend? And I think you need to tell him that you've been in contact with your friend. And if either one, I feel like the friend also should expect you to tell your boyfriend too. And if either one of them have an issue with this, or if both of them have an issue, I don't feel like that these are people that you need in your life when they're not comfortable with the other relationships in your life. Yeah, I think that's fair. Mine is slightly different. Okay. Mine is like automatically, I would have been like to, and I would do it now, but I would like with the, with your friend, I would have been like, Hey, I don't know if you, I would kind of play dumb. Be like, I don't know if you like had like missed it or didn't see, like, say so your boyfriend's name is like Jason. Jason did like, he just told me that like, he had like tried to text you a couple of times and like, he didn't get a response. Like I obviously like was gonna tell him that like we had talked, but I wasn't sure if there was like something up like between you two. Like, I don't want to obviously get in the middle of like anything like that, but I just I'm gonna let you know, like I'm gonna tell him we talked and like you should know that like he really misses you and like he really wants to talk to you. And like the same way that like I'm totally okay that we have kind of drifted apart and haven't talked in a while. Like we talk again, it's like no time has passed. I hope you know that like he will he feels the same way. Like if there's some like you should just reach out to him. Like he just wants to be friends with you again. I think that as much as like you have a friendship with him, you don't know their friendship. And so getting in the middle of their friendship, I think the only thing that you can really do is be like, hey, I'm going to tell him that we texted, but I, you should know not as your friend and not as his friend, but as his girlfriend, like he would just love to hear from you. Like he totally misses you. He would like love to hear from you. You obviously don't have to listen to what I'm saying. Like, but I just feel like you, you should like, and Sometimes that kind of that works. And I will say I had this it's not some not totally similar, but I had a friend who kind of like went off the grid, ghosted and hadn't responded to my text in a while. And I wasn't like upset. I was just kind of like, oh, I miss you. Like, you're probably going through something and like we haven't talked in a while. And like, that's really OK. I'm definitely a friend that you feel an obligation, not everyone, but this friend specifically you feel an obligation to be really honest with me. And like, you know that I'm going to be really honest with you about things. And usually when you pull away, it's because you're sometimes not doing things that you don't necessarily stand by. And you, this friend was still talking to another one of our mutual friends. And I was kind of, it didn't, I was like, that's fine. And this friend ended up seeing Mots, and Mots immediately was like, Hey, so good to see you. Heads up. Megan would love to hear from you. Like just know that like, I know you guys haven't been talking for a while. I know that like, this isn't an attack at all. Like you haven't responded to the last couple of her messages. Like, I don't know if you think that like she would be mad at you. She's not mad at you. She would just love to hear from you. And immediately that friend texted me and was like, I'm so sorry. It felt like too much time had passed. And I felt like you would have been upset with me for not responding. And then I felt bad. And like, if things have just been, this has been like this, this, and this has been going on. And I'm like, great. Like whenever, like I'm always around, we can always pick up where we left off. There's like no pressure there at all and like I'm really I'm sorry that you felt like that and like now we can have a conversation where I can tell you that like I don't expect anything of you at all like 
just expect you to care about me the same way I care about you. And I don't, I don't quantify that in anything other than just the interactions we do have with each other. Like, that's it. Like, don't worry. No expectations here. Love you. Great. And I think that we don't have those conversations with like friends enough. And I think that we can have feeling like a obligation to people. And it's not anyone, it's not your responsibility to kind of facilitate that the same way it wasn't Mott's responsibility to facilitate that. But I think if you are feeling a, a obligation to both parties, I think that's the way that you do it because you can't mitigate or control how either of them responds to it. Like your boyfriend might get his feelings hurt no matter what. The friend might feel betrayed that you told your boyfriend that you were talking no matter what. But the only thing that like you can do is what you would want, how you would want it to operate for you. So if for you, if you in that situation would want a friend, like your boyfriend to be like, hey, she would love to hear from you, blah, blah, blah. But I think that's the most you can do while still honoring honesty with both parties. Like, Mm -hmm. I think you should tell the friend, I'm going to tell him, but I want to give you a heads up and like, let you know that like, you should reach out and I'm, that I'm going to tell my boy and I'm, but I'm not, and like not telling your boyfriend in a way that's like dramatic where it's like, Hey, by the way, I just wanted to let you know that like, I did tag text it in the other day and um, he did respond. So he's all good. I don't know what's up, but like, I think you should reach out again. Like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think this stuff can be hard. And again, you don't know the intricacies of their friendship and he might feel like he owes your boyfriend more than he's been able to. He might feel like he's been under delivering on friendship and might feel like it's too, you know what I mean? When like Mm -hmm. too much time has passed or something. Yeah, and especially if you two have more of like a brother-sister relationship, it might be easier for him to reach out to you um, and then he might think of you more as a facilitator between the two anyway because he was like I feel more comfortable because she's my sister and then my sister can tell her boyfriend yeah yeah but I think you're right I didn't even think about the fact that like you're so spot on with of course he would assume that you would tell your boyfriend Mm -hmm. like that's just unless he told you not to tell him like it does feel like that is probably an intentional facilitation Mm -hmm. of that there an awkward position to be in very much so but just when you talk to your boyfriend about it just try not to have it be like well i texted him and he responded to me because like that could hurt his feelings yeah and it might all right next call yeah hi megan and melissa um i'm a long time listener and i've actually called in before something has come up in my life recently that i thought you two might have some thoughts on my pronouns are she her and the individual that I'm going to reference uses they, them pronouns. My sister-in-law recently came out as non-binary and her parents, my in-laws, are not particularly supportive of that. And that's been a real struggle in their life. My sister-in-law is married to a cis heterosexual male and he is very supportive of them and All of that has been going really well. Recently, they told me, my sister-in-law told me that they've been speaking to their counselor about a possible diagnosis. They've had several diagnoses in the past of different personality disorders, that kind of thing. They've struggled with mental health since they were young. And honestly, coming out as non-binary has been a huge plus for them in their body image struggle. They're recovered from eating disorder. The issue that I have is that 
their counselor is not licensed to make any diagnoses. And the only reason I know this is because I'm getting my clinical counseling license and I looked up their particular state to make sure that I wasn't wrong about this. Their counselor has been telling them that they have dissociative identity disorder, which is a very real and valid diagnosis, and that might be true. But also their counselor doesn't have the licensure to diagnose them. I'm concerned about my sister-in-law because her counselor has been doing this for quite some time, and I'm kind of worried that the counselor is taking advantage of them. It's been a couple of years since they've started with this counselor, and when they talk about their sessions, it's often the counselor sharing a lot of personal information and almost treating my sister-in-law as though she is, as if they are the therapist rather than the client. And as a counseling student, I feel like that's very inappropriate. I don't know if I should say something, and I would love some input. So thank you. Bye-bye. So from my experience in California, therapists can suggest things, but in, if they're seeing you from like a talk therapy perspective, they can say, I've got a lot of insight. Like you would have to do a diagnostic. Like your, your, your therapist might have the credentials to diagnose you. But as far as I know, it would be like, we would need to do a diagnostic session mm-hmm. and we would need to go through said criteria and do that. And that would be the goal of going through this. But a lot of the time it's psychology, psychiatry, who's doing explicit diagnosis, but depending on your credentials and what you are advertising. And what state you're into also. Yeah. I don't mean this in a way explicitly towards you, the caller, but I will say that There's the wonderful thing about being a student is you are fresh in the education process, which means that the materials that you are researching are usually much more up to date than the people who have already gone through this process and have been licensed and are currently working. They don't, they can elect in most fields in general, you can elect to continue your education and to constantly update and like read up on like new things. But a lot of the time, like there are a lot of like very fucking dated therapists and mental health professionals, psychologists who are going off of shit they learned in the 80s. But there also also comes a very big ego with psychology students and people working in, people studying anything in general, med students, like anywhere, like there comes a very large ego that sometimes can really ethically get in the way. And I don't, I'm not saying that that's what you're doing, but... As a student, I don't think it was appropriate for you to look up your sister-in-law's counselor's information. I just, I don't, because you are not peers with that counselor. And I think that it is very fair that other counselors should check other counselors, that we need to self-police within every department or any profession or anything like that. But when you come at it from a place where you're not there, it feels like taking advantage of something that you haven't finished going through and using that. And I would feel pretty insulted if I was your sister-in-law because they're a person and they're a person in your life that you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't have access to these records if you weren't doing this for school. And it just feels a little bit 
icky. And I think that's what you're feeling right now because you're like, do I tell them that I found this information? Because I think you know that like this was something that you probably shouldn't have looked up because I I do agree that a therapist, you can have any sort of feelings about this and you can feel like it's taking advantage of your sister-in-law. But I think that the way that you do that is you lead by example and you talk about things that you learned in class and you talk about things and you don't talk about it as it pertains to specifically your sister-in-law and their relationship with their therapist and their therapist. Like, because then I also think you're kind of taking advantage of your personal relationship with your sister-in-law and then you are also not in their sessions. And then you're also taking advantage of your access as a student. And I don't think that you have much of a leg to stand on for saying you feel like your therapist is taking, you feel like their therapist is taking advantage of them because I, I think no matter your good intentions, I also kind of think you are, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think the advice is sometimes mental health professionals fuck up. Sometimes they fuck up. The first psychologist I went to was vastly inappropriate, but also like was misdiagnosing with things like left and right. And it's kind it's something that happens. And I, as a patient, was like, I don't like this. This doesn't sit right with me. I don't feel comfy about this. But if this has been helpful for your sister-in-law and they really value this relationship and this hasn't been making their life worse, I think that the only thing you can do again is like lead by example. And if you have these open conversations, let them talk and be like, oh, I I'm not invalidating potential diagnoses that they may or may not have. But just talking about therapists, like if you know that the therapist unloads their own personal life, just saying things like, I don't want to come across as judgmental, but I hope you know that that's like really not how like they're supposed to operate. There's like a level of that. And then just having it be like at point blank, just that information. And then, but there's not much you can, you can do that doesn't, that you're just going off of your, your gut, which like, I'm not saying is, wrong i'm just saying it's a really hard thing to prove without hurting people yeah i had a therapist that was licensed and they gave me too much of their personal information so this can happen with licensed or unlicensed people i think you made a misstep when your sister-in-law told you that their therapist was giving personal information i think you should have asked them why or like let them know that that typically isn't appropriate behavior and ask them if they were uncomfortable with it and then told them to you know look into them to see if they're licensed or whatever you should have never looked this person up ever like you shouldn't know the professional information of someone that's personally in your life their therapist information because that and especially you as someone that's a student of this, that is a boundary that you should not have crossed because that to me is unethical. Yeah, I agree. And I know it came from a place of love, but you as someone who is studying this took the information that you had and then took advantage of the situation. Yeah. I will also say that I think you're right. I think the question you should have asked and you can still bring it up Mm -hmm. and it's, so the the therapist is sharing a lot about their life. How does that make you feel? Does that work for you? Mm-hmm. I will say there are my some ther- people that that does work for. 
my therapist was that so she, very much since the beginning was very much like I don't really share too much about like my life at all, but I really will go based off of like patients and stuff. And the first time she ever she asked, she was like, I really relate to what you're saying. Would it be helpful for you if I could tell you why I relate to this? And I was like, please, that would be so helpful. And we had that conversation and it was a very quick thing. And the reason why she said it was because she was like, I thought as a professional, I thought this might be something that might be helpful for you. You're very much into intellectualizing things. And sometimes it's hard for you. You're really great at acknowledging and validating other people's feelings. You're not good with doing that for yourself. So I thought it might be helpful for you to know that I had been through something incredibly similar and that you would feel for me in a way that I need you to feel for you. And I was like, you're a genius. Like, that was great. Like, Mm -hmm. and it was amazing. And she said, she was like, you know more about, like, I don't, I've never shared it with any of my clients. Like, you know more. I wouldn't do that with anyone. So that's something that you need to ask if it would be helpful, if what the therapist is doing is helpful or not, or if it's something that they like. But I think that you are merging personal and professional. And you're also not to be an asshole. You're not a professional Mm -hmm. right now. You're studying, but like Melissa said, ethically, I do think that this is ethically questionable. And as a friend, if this, if it was just a friend and I was sharing things about my therapist and they looked into my therapist, I would feel so wildly betrayed and like really, really hurt. And it would feel really unprofessional. And I would also feel a little concerned about that person's professional life moving forward because it doesn't feel like, feels like a lot of lines have been crossed and there is boundaries and confidentiality within friendships and within families and within just relationships and personal relationships that we're talking like. And that is something that we need to honor always. And talking about your experience in therapy or your experience with like mental health and that is hard enough to do with a professional. And it's, I think sometimes it's even harder to do with family members and friends. And if you're concerned about their therapist, you need to be a safe place. I think if you tell them that this is what you looked up, I think you're removing yourself from being a safe place. So there's a way to ask questions and to just listen. And if this door has been open for them to communicate this stuff with you, then if something doesn't fit, something feels uncomfortable or something doesn't go right, your sister-in-law will be able to tell you because you are a safe person but you don't need to do that for them because Mm -hmm. that also feels patronizing. Yeah. You know, there's a very fine line between being like, I feel like this person's being taken advantage of and infantilizing and being patronizing to said person that there's someone who, it it does feel like a judgment on someone's mental clarity or mental well-being that they would be someone who would be taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. So my apologies. I'm waiting for all the psych students to be so... (laughs) Got a lot of them listening. Then we have actual therapists listening. So any therapist that's listening, please call them for Don't Blame Them and let us know your thoughts. But the difference on the Facebook group, on anything, my DMs in general, the difference between how people studying psychology and people studying to be therapists, the difference between what they say and what licensed professional Mm -hmm. counselors and therapists say to me and on face, our Facebook group, everything, night and fucking day. Night and fucking day. That's what, when I said therapist, I don't mean students. I mean, actual yeah. licensed therapists. Please let us know. It's remarkable. All right. Time for Don't Blame Them. Woohoo. Okay. So this is where 
a listener will call in with their own advice based on a previous call on a previous episode. So maybe they've been through something similar. This is exactly what we want therapists to call in for so we can play this uh, pertaining to the last call. But uh, yeah. Hi, I'm calling in for Don't Blame Them on your most recent episode, episode 15, about the girl whose boyfriend broke up with her on the phone from the street. Yeah, that one. I just feel like I have really good advice. I recently just went through a breakup as well. And me and my ex were together four and a half years. And we had broken up as well recently. So a lot of things that she's saying kind of resonates with me. But I have completely gone over him. So I feel like I should maybe get some, give some advice to her. One thing that helped me a lot is just anytime I wanted to call my ex, I would immediately call either my dad, my best friend, my grandma, anyone who I know I could just vent to and cry to, literally, like, they don't have to say anything. I would just cry to them. It would fill that void of me being lonely because what I realized is that me missing him was me being lonely and, like, not being able to talk to someone, talk to someone 24 hours a day and, like, have that friend in that way. But it's so great once you get to, like, get out of that state of mind because you have friends that are going to want to do that. You can literally fall in love with yourself, date yourself, and that's fun as well. Like, you get to know yourself so well. Another thing that if you ever, like, think about missing him, like, I always tell myself, like, what are you missing? Someone who breaks up with you over the phone across the street, someone who doesn't have enough respect for you to break up with you in person. You're missing someone that you don't even have, like, a sexual desire for. Like, these are things you have to remind yourself of because it's so easy to, for your brain to, like, fall back into like these ways of like thinking like wow like you're romanticizing this idea of him and like he's not that obviously like with men you kind of have to take what they say and what they do for face value because men aren't like women men are very straightforward and if they want to do something they will and if they don't they won't so he's obviously not making an effort so I think you have to take that as face value and yeah, you do deserve better. Your friends are right. Like, especially if your friends don't like him. Girl, you can get better. I'm sorry. Well, I hope this helps a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry about your breakup and just know that it passes with time. And, like, it's like a grieving process. You go through anger. You go through sadness. You'll get over it. And you'll go back around. So just take it day by day. <laughs> I never thought when they said, like, like, that's something how men are, which... I'm not disagreeing with, I think it is like a, a vast generalization, but it, it made me think of like, oh, wait, this is the patriarchy striking again, where women can't explicitly feel like they can just say what they want, say what they mean right off the bat. It feels like we have to dance around other people's emotions. We have to gauge other people's reactions to see if it's a safe environment for us to say how we actually feel. It's all of this kind of dance that like, Maybe, maybe stereotypically men are more blunt because they've been allowed to be. And that also, it goes from like the boardroom, work, email etiquette to relationships. That was like an aha moment for me. Hmm. Wow. Huh. I want to ask you something. I don't know if it's right or not. Is it man and woman or feminine and masculine? So I was thinking about that exact same way. And so something that like, I mean, homophobia is the result of also the patriarchy and it's mm -hmm. the vilification of femininity and that gay men homophobia believes that gay men are inherently feminine and mm -hmm. feminine is bad and so i do think it completely depends because feminine and masculine energy is like not 
<laughs> as much as, you know, Fox News would have believed that you're born with. Right. Like it's it's your genitalia. Like it is it is an influx in every single person. Like we all have that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it is feminine energy in men. But I think even a woman who has masculine energy, I think if you're I think if you're female presenting, I think that it probably would affect this. I think it would probably be I think if you're female presenting with masculine energy, I think it would still probably be the same. Because I don't think it's the same for me. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. I think that my interpretation as a woman would is just going to be different than like how a cis man is going to perceive women with whatever. And I don't know how much they're like what their insight is onto the energy of that or if it is purely based on what someone looks like. Like, I don't know if like cis straight het men respect more masculine women more than feminine women. I don't know. Dude, the patriarchy fucking does not take a day off. I know. Because, you know, I am a woman. I present as female. I am feminine. But like in my communication, I have more masculine. According to what this person's saying, I communicate more like a man. Do you feel like you've always been like that? Or do you feel like you have, have you, do you feel like you've been more I don't want to say you've always been like that, but have you always felt comfortable doing that in spaces? Or do you feel like you've gotten more comfortable doing that as an adult? Or do you feel like you read each individual instance? Do you mean what I'm I'm saying? I think that I've become more confident as an adult. But when I was younger, I was much more timid. Yeah, I agree with that whole I, I personally agree with that wholeheartedly. Like I definitely both of us are very that's why we get along so well, like mm-hmm. both very straightforward, very blunt, like not sugarcoating all of that. But I definitely think that that has always been what I wanted to do, but I didn't feel comfortable doing that until I got older. I didn't feel comfortable in every, I didn't feel comfortable doing that universally in every space Mm -hmm. until I got older. And still now I have to like, be like, it's okay. You can do it. (laughs) Like, so yeah, I don't know. It's, that's something that I, I do wonder too, when it comes to like, because we're born into the patriarchy, I, I, Sometimes I wonder, I'm like, what are personality traits that are mine and what are me rebelling against this and Mm -hmm. what has been influenced by this? And I will never know. And I don't think anyone knows because the different things that we experience determine who we become and how we react to something today is different. It could be Mm -hmm. different from how we reacted to it last year because of our lived experience. And then as we mature and grow older, I don't mean mature as like, mentally i just mean physically grow older and go through more things how you react to it in the future could be completely different i mean there's been even like with this podcast things that we've given advice on in the past we've matured and gone through different things and you know there was a point when someone was like they said this here and it's like well we had a change in opinions there's not people their experiences change how they view things yeah, I'm I'm so glad that like if we had done this podcast with it, if I hadn't changed and learned because the thing with changing, changing requires learning and education mm-hmm. on from our side of it. Like and if I if neither of us changed any of our opinions or our thoughts in the last like five plus years, like that means we wouldn't have learned anything mm-hmm. and we haven't grown at all. Like, yeah, I've, even old tweets that I've said, like certain things that I'm just like you know, there, there's ignorance. And then there's also 
just be there's 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 you can choose ignorance there's there's active ignorance and there's passive ignorance Mm -hmm. and like when i've been passively ignorant around about something like the goal is to never remain there like i never want to remain that that just means i'm living in a bubble and i'm not reading things i'm not seeing things from different perspectives like i would never i don't want to choose to be ignorant if my Mm -hmm. ignorance comes from like my lack of diversity in my surroundings or like things that I'm reading and I'm not being proactive enough, that's like on me to change that. But if mm-hmm. I don't change that, that's also a, an active choice. Right. And like not one I ever, I ever want to have. So it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. It is very, very fat. When I learned about the, the tie of the patriarchy towards homophobia and mm-hmm. like the femininity of that, that was like a, a wildly interesting thing. And that was, I also just saw this video of someone talking about why that there's so much pressure put on gay men with friendships with straight women because straight women see them as safe men mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they desperately want to see good in men but they they want to feel safe and so then they have this like fetishization of gay men mm-hmm. of like being the bff and then this man was talking about it, how he feels like a pressure to be friends with straight women because he knows he is a safe man for them and a lot of the times like people don't have that and that it feels like a lot of pressure to like live up to like the stereotype, but then also to be a vessel for whatever that women are going through and needing and needing to feel like they can trust a singular man Mm -hmm. and the pressure of that. And I was like, that is so interesting. Life, man. (laughs) Fucking life. Well, that is it for our episode. We hope you all enjoy. If you want to call in, again, the phone number is 310-694-0976. International listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. Go leave a review on the uh, podcast app. We would appreciate it. We love reading your reviews. Makes us happy. And if you are listening this long, go comment on the Instagram, the last Instagram post, and comment on there if you think that caller number three should tell their boyfriend or not tell their boyfriend. And or comment the last movie you watched and which one we should watch. Because I desperately need some new content. Let us know. Anything you want to promote? Follow my personal Instagram, please. You could also follow my personal Instagram. I appreciate it. Buy my book, buy my podcast. Buy your podcast. Buy my book, buy my presets and (laughs) Patreon. (laughs) Yeah. And make sure you're subscribed to this podcast, but then also our other podcast, But Am I Wrong, which comes out on Thursdays. And you can listen to us this week again. Mm-hmm. So if you join our, pa- join our Patreon, you can also live stream with us. And every other week you can join us three times. And then if you also, if we decide to do this new podcast, that's four times. So you almost have us every weekday, almost. Almost a whole work week. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're here for you. So don't worry. We'll just keep infiltrating even more, even more. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Don't Blame Me is a production by me. Executive produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Edited by Coco Lawrence. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.